for Godliness, the podcast program of Spiritual Fitness Ministries of Greenwood, South Carolina. I am your host, Chaplain Gray. Once again, our sponsor for this episode is Young's Concrete of Greenwood. Their support helps us reach more young people. My guest today is Michael Davis, a young man I met and worked with during the summer of 2018. He loves sports and he loves the Lord. We'll chat about some Christian athletes. I believe you will really enjoy our discussion. Well, I'm real excited to have uh, on our podcast today, uh, Michael Davis. Michael and I worked together at Camp uh, Harrison up in North Carolina several years ago when I was on staff. And uh, just uh, we we became friends, and I've uh, just so excited that he's uh, uh, finished up with school, and he'll tell us a little bit about that. But uh, it's really good to have you on here, uh, Mike, and uh, I think we're just going to have a great uh, great conversation today. Tell tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, yeah, this is awesome, Gray. Thank you so much for letting me on the show. I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, my name is Michael Davis. I am 23 years old. I just graduated Appalachian State with a broadcasting degree in May. And like Grace said, we know each other from a camp here in Boomer, North Carolina, of all places, called YMCA (laughs) Camp Harrison. I've been working the summer since 2017, and I was in cabin 2017 through 2020. And then I moved in more full-time in February as I was wrapping up school and now I'm now I did program assistant this past summer, and now I'm just living there more full time with the conference and retreat staff. And I'm just I'm just living the dream now, doing some broadcasting <laughs> stuff as well. So I'm living life. That is great. That is great. Well, that that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Well, you know, I remember uh, uh, from camp. Uh, you know, you you're, you love sports and you love athletics and followed and man if, if somebody asked about some person in athletics and you knew about him man you knew about him so you you you've been a real fan of, of sports and everything for a long time so, yeah uh, it's a, I, it's I, a great that's great yeah yeah well that's good well you know we um in in my uh dealings here on the podcast my ministry i i've been real interested uh in following how uh, some some Christian athletes, uh, how they do speak out um, uh, many times, uh, how difficult it probably is in that in their world to profess their faith. There, there's a lot of pressure. Um, I did a series of podcasts about the the um, a Christian athlete on the college campus and some of the challenges uh, that they face. Uh, but even in the in the professional world. Um, there, there are there are many uh, Christians and and good Christ followers uh, in that world, and um, so uh, let, let's uh, let's mention a few. Uh, Mike, who you who you got? Uh, let's let's talk about a couple of them and and some of the things that they they've done over the years. Well, one of the big ones that will always come up when you try to associate Christianity with football is the notorious Tim Tebow. Who, 
he he had like a miraculous run at Florida, um, win a national championship, win a Heisman. He went to the NFL, first round pick to the Denver Broncos, and he got put in the game. And all of a sudden, he just starts winning games. He even throws the game win touchdown pass against the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime. It's Tebow mania <laughs> everywhere, and it, that that's going to be the one that always. Um, is associated with Christianity and football is Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I guess one of the things that he did was uh, in his in his uh, uh, blackout on on the face, uh, mm-hmm. which many players will do to help them with some of the the uh, sunshine, et cetera. He he did the letters in three sixteen, right? Didn't that didn't that is my memory correct on that? Yeah. So I believe yeah. it was a national championship game. Um, correct me if okay. I'm wrong, that he put blackout paint John 316, and there was a lot of people who I guess probably didn't even know the verse and Googled it a- after that game, during that game. And so that was a that was just something simple, writing something on your face, and, you know, people Googled, and who knows what that yeah. resulted in. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's... That's probably you're probably right. That's probably one that's going to come to a lot of people's minds uh, uh, quickly and as uh, recent years and, and whatnot. Um, so uh, very, very much so. Well, you know, I've, I've been a University of Georgia fan for many years, and and Coach Mark Rick, uh, who was there as coach uh, for many many years at Georgia, um, he was very outspoken with his faith. Uh, you know, was very clear with his players. Uh, you know, gave them opportunities, um, uh, really reached a lot of young men through his ministry and coaching, and uh, has recently um, uh, done a book. And uh, I heard him on a podcast. He said, look, it may say stories from the sidelines, but this this is an evangelistic tool. This is, this is a way to get folks to read uh, and learn about the good news of Jesus Christ. So, he wasn't he wasn't painting a picture that it was uh, anything else uh, but but it was clear you know that's what he had in mind so um so who's who's some others that uh, come to mind uh Mike Yeah well before I move on to that when you said Mark Rick that reminded me of coach Tony Dungy who of course was uh win the Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts and I believe the right. first African American to do so as well um he Correct. has a book yes. out, Uncommon, and I got that for Christmas last year, and I didn't mm-hmm. even know how serious Tony Dungy was about his faith. And that's the thing with, like, mm. a lot of these athletes is, like, we we can hear them through press conferences. We can um, hear them say a prayer, everything, but we never know, like, how much went into their faith. We don't know their whole life story. We just know them as – that player suiting up on Sundays or that coach with the headset. Right. And so reading through Tony, Tony right. Dudgy's book was really good. I'd highly recommend the read. I won't spoil it for you, but highly recommend. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think he's got several books, and um, he's got devotional resources. Uh, Tony Dungy's got a world of material out there, um, just has great ministry, and, and, and he's he's been fortunate to use that uh you know, that platform of his, uh, for, for a lot of good. So, um, absolutely. And, 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 you know, and, uh, Mike, and, and I think I recommended this to you, uh, Sports Spectrum, uh, magazine, um, mm-hmm. has some wonderful stories, uh, devotions written by athletes, 
um, and their podcast with Jason Romano. You talk about getting to know some of their stories. Jason is a wonderful interviewer. He asked them to, to tell about their faith journey, um, and he always concludes asking them, what's God telling you right now today, in, in your days right now? And so really some good in-depth conversations with a lot of uh, professional athletes and and coaches and and people in that world. So, so let's let's go to another uh, uh, personality out there. Who you got? Uh, I got Kurt Warner, who um, oh yeah is is the ultimate underdog. He actually has a movie coming out next year, I believe, called American Underdog. Um, okay, so may already be out here in the next couple months. That is hmm. that is a movie I'm looking forward to. Um, I actually Absolutely. believe it comes out on Christmas. Um, okay. Kurt Warner has okay. always been outspoken about his faith, especially like in later years of his career and broadcasting career. Sure. Um, That's great. That's great. He he has been very outspoken and uh, is often featured. Uh, I think Fellowship of Christ, Christian Athletes. He may be affiliated with them as well. So. Yeah, um, he he can really he can really do some of that. Well, Mike, let's let's uh, you know t- let's talk a little bit about how difficult it might be. Um, these athletes—they're on the road all the time. Their their days, um, you know, are filled with meetings and and watching tape and and studying. Uh, so many of them, uh, the coaches, my goodness, their days are just so long. Um, how in the world, what, what do you figure is there, you know, have you learned or, or heard? I mean, you know, how in the world do they, do they practice their faith when, when the, the demands on their time are so great? Yeah. So even, even me just working at camp and doing broadcasting, like I'm having trouble finding this out. And I feel like it's different for everybody. Um, just how they um, practice their faith and present their faith, and at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta make time. Um, you gotta make mm-hmm. time just one on one with you and God. Um, that be scripture reading, that be worship music on the way to for them, like the practice facility or the mm-hmm. games. Um, you just you just have to make that time, and the way that they're able to represent themselves and represent their faith is you you can tell by their demeanor um hopefully Mm -hmm. um obviously you know most of us listening to this podcast as well as me i've never been in a room with any of these guys um Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. have to come through their demeanor and how they go about life and yeah their job is really stressful but do they keep their composure do they understand mm-hmm. like the pecking order and the priorities of life where family and friends are mm-hmm. above, mm-hmm. you know, some of the more materialistic things in the world or making time for God when it's like, okay, sure. you know, we came off a big win or we came off a big loss, but I'm going to sit back and thank God for the opportunity to coach this team. I'm going to thank God for the opportunity to play this sport that I love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think when you talk about the demeanor, I mean, I think you you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, some NBA. I mean, I I think about uh, David Robinson, uh, Mm -hmm. the the, the fantastic, you know, 
player uh, for many years. He was very outspoken, and people people knew when they were around him. I mean, you know, and um, uh, I, you know, the NBA uh, still provides. Uh, I believe there there are many chaplains uh, for those teams. Um, I've heard several of them on the on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Um, you know, and um, uh, the the Baltimore Ravens have a full time chaplain um, mm-hmm. in their organization, and he said in a in an interview with Jason Romano last week that uh, you know he's discipling these men constantly. He, he they have to make time. It might be six o'clock in the morning before meetings start or between drills. Or maybe on their way to the training room, you know, they, he's available, and that's how he disciples them one on one. But I thought it was very interesting. You said, you know, all of their Bible studies are led by the players, you know, mm-hmm. four players, and the wives and the girlfriends' uh, Bible studies are led by the wives. So he he is he's replicating, you know, and discipling, and having those people able to do those things. So. You know, the general public doesn't hear much about that. <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't hear how they how they do that at the hotel on the night before the game, <laughs> you know, or whatever, uh, with their studies and things. So um, I think there is a lot of that in, in their world. Um, right. And I, so, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and uh, it, it pains I'm me. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we're doing good right now. Um, yeah, you are. You are. Okay. It pained me when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, but I thought it was really cool hearing some of the stories that were coming out at mm. that time. You know, they're getting into Absolutely. November, December, January, and the players were doing their own Bible study. Um, Nick Foles was mm-hmm. leading a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, like, really blown away with, like, hey, they're – they're riding high. They're trying to get to the playoffs. They're trying to make it to the Super Bowl, which they eventually did and won. But mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. they kept their faith at the center of it. And as much as they I did. as much as I hated the Eagles <laughs> winning the Super Bowl, you can't help but respect what they were able to do. Absolutely, absolutely. They really did. And, and you know the other thing. Uh, 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 Mike, that, that we don't see when we watch, you know, NFL games, uh, uh, on Sunday afternoons, uh, the, the, the networks, uh, avoid the meet me at the, you know, 50 yard line. I mean, that, you know, every now and then you'll get a glimpse of it, but, but, you know, they, they, I think they purposely do it in my opinion. But, um, again, the Baltimore Ravens fella, uh, his chaplain, he said, Man, that is a sacred time for them. I mean, they've been hitting on each other for four quarters, trying to outrun each other, outscore each other, trying to keep each other out of the end zone. Man, they've been slamming and jamming, you know, for these four quarters. But by golly, they come out there at the 50-yard line, and they'll kneel down, and they'll pray, and they'll thank God, and they'll honor God. And and they, they consider, in his words, a very sacred time for them mm-hmm. in their day on game day. And, um, you know, that, that's pretty special. I, I think that speaks volumes that, that they do that consistently, you know, and, and they're there every game. We don't see it, but, but they're there. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about setting the example, like I've always thought about that um, prayer circle of people kneeling. I don't, 
I don't know where their faith is. I don't know mm-hmm. where their journey is in terms of their personal relationship with God. But my my assumption is maybe there's been a time or two where somebody in that circle is a leader of the team and, you know, other players are watching them uh, every mm-hmm. day through practice, every day at games, sure. every day studying film, and they've made an impression by how they carry That's themselves right. with their demeanor. And maybe somebody in that prayer circle isn't, you know, 100% sold on the Christian faith um, at that time, and they see their team leader, and they're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to see what this is about because there's something about my team leader. And mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a really great example, um, Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr yeah. is the quarterback of the Las Vegas – Raiders now, um, mm-hmm. and he he's always been outspoken about his faith. Um, if you remember his rookie season, he lost every game up till about <laughs> it was a random Thursday night football game. They squeaked by, and Derek Carr's very first thing was, "I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." And you know, there, there's been a lot of players who have said that. So it's like, okay, you, sure. you take you take that with a grain of <laughs> salt. Um, right. But over the years, over the years, he has demonstrated what it means to be a Christian. And when the um, unfortunate incident happened, uh, maybe a few weeks ago, where Henry Ruggs got in that car accident, which was Derek mm-hmm. Carr's teammate, and he was asked right. about it at a press conference, I was blown away by Derek Carr's response, mm. where mm. first, first he had, um sent his condolences to the woman who was killed in her family and did not right. make light and did not condone the actions of Henry Ruggs of what led to that mm-hmm. incident. But he right. was like, we also have to think about Henry because he's probably feeling terrible about himself right now, and mm-hmm. Henry needs someone to love him. And Derek Carr says, if nobody else is willing to love him, I'm going to do that because he needs that right, right now. And wow. I was I was blown away. Like, you know, any other person would be like, "Man, you let our team down. Man, you killed somebody because of your yeah. Um, yeah. reckless decision." And Derek mm-hmm. Carr is like, you know, no matter what, I'm gonna love people and I'm gonna be there to support them, um, even when they do something wrong. And that was such a perfect picture of the Christian faith of like, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. you did mess up. And, you know, you're probably going to have to pay for these consequences. And Henry Ruggs' career is probably over. Um, yeah. But Derek yeah. Carr is like, I'm going I'm to be there. And I'm going to love you. and Love him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that was powerful. Yes. Yes, it was. It was. Well, I uh, I know you're a wrestling fan. So I've got yes, a story for you and, and our listeners, okay? And you may have – I may have told you this when we were at camp. I don't remember. But – a friend of mine was was in the business for a little while, and, and he um, uh, found himself uh, as a ring announcer. But he um, he, he told a story. He said, you know, he said, uh, and, and he didn't want to bust any. The way he says it, I don't want to bust your bubble. He said, but you know, in, in those days when when he was in the business, he said the blood was real. Everybody would say, oh, this is fake. Da 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 da. They they got some capsule and they're popping it. Da, 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 and he'd say, no, that, that's not the case. We knew where you could hit someone, and, and, and they would bleed. It would look a whole lot worse than it really was. So the blood was real, okay? 
And he says, I hate to tell you this, he says, but the ending, okay, has, has been predetermined. It, you know, we, you know, the, the ending for the guys in the ring, they know what the ending's going to be. And he says, I want you to think about this. And I want you to think about the story and the good news of Jesus Christ. His blood was real when he hung on that cross. There was no fake. There was no, it, but his blood was real as he hung on that cross for you and I. And the ending had been foretold. It had been scripted by himself, by the Heavenly Father, that three days later he would rise from the dead and come out and be Jesus Christ, the living Savior. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, how many people can take the, the, the ring, the wrestling ring uh, of, of sports entertainment? Now, I, you know, this is sports entertainment wrestling and turn it into a story uh, to share the gospel. Uh, but my friend did a great job with that. I, I, love, that, I love that wrestling story. <laughs> mm. so, um, but, you know, hey, I wanted to mention, uh, uh, since we're talking about athletes and, and some professionals, um, you remember Nikita Koloff? I do remember Nikita Koloff. Okay. I met him Nikita. when I was super young. Okay. Well, you know, now here – Oops, I just turned it on. I didn't mean to turn it on. Wow. Um, so, so Nikita Koloff, uh, you know, is his stage name, but he, you know, uh, as a, um, he's used that, that uh, platform, if you will, okay, uh, to, to, uh, share his faith. Um, he was once known as the Russian nightmare, and now he's known as the devil's worst nightmare. Uh, Nikita mm-hmm. Koloff has a podcast called, um, it's the, the Man Up podcast. He says it's time to man up. And he and Lex Luger, okay, you remember Lex Luger? Sure do. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he and Lex Luger have a ministry where they have a men's conference. Uh, I think, I think they do it twice a year. But uh, they bring men in, and they have a week, I believe, of activity and uh, teaching men how to be godly men for a solid week. And and uh, one of uh, Nikita's uh, things he does is uh, he says, okay, ladies, uh, if you want your man to be more godly, you want your man to, to take care of you as, as the Bible tells us to, then you send him to uh, the Man Up conference. And so, but Nikita lives in North Carolina, not too far from Boomer, down around Concord, and has a very good ministry. Um, and uh, his um, his uh, uh, podcast is called the Man Up Podcast with Nikita Koloff, and he often mm-hmm. has uh, other wrestlers on as guests. Um, and I've come across a couple of those names: uh, AJ Styles. Uh, as a professed uh, Christian, uh, Sting has a great story coming to faith for many, many years. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he did not know Christ, but uh, Sting came to know Christ uh, and uh, really has, has used uh, uh, some of his platform to, to talk and, and uh, talk to others. So um, I, uh, I, I enjoy uh, uh, sharing, sharing those things. So uh, now, have, is your uh, interest in 
uh, wrestling? Have you come across some others that that are uh, that are Christians? Yeah. Um, so ones you've named um, is really cool. Like one common theme I've seen is these wrestlers are not only like professed Christians, but they are also highly respected in the industry as well. Um, AJ Styles mm-hmm. is regarded as one of the best today, um, top five or top ten. Sting, fun fact, is uh, has been a Christian as long as I've been alive. He became a Christian <laughs> in August of 98. And um, Shawn Michaels um, has an incredible yep. story where he was, he was very difficult to deal with. He was um, going through a lot of back issues, and he actually left the business in – August 98, or not August 98, um, April 98, and he had left the industry um, for about four years, and when he, right. like, was away, he came to faith um, and believed in Jesus as a Savior, and when he came back in 2002, he was good, he was healthy, and more importantly, like, people could tell a difference that he wasn't difficult to deal with anymore. And he was a completely changed person. And he incorporated that into his character on screen because before 98, he was very heartbreak kid. He was doing anything and everything disrespectful, anything he could think of. Um, very, um, very TV 14 to say the least. But in 2002, like, he would drop down at the ramp and say a prayer and thank God for the opportunity to wrestle again. And he mm-hmm. went on to wrestle mm-hmm. for seven, eight more years before retiring. And he's regarded mm-hmm. as one of the best to ever do it. Um, the Undertaker is another big one. Um, and That's right. All these, all these people are like, you know, if you had to name your Mount Rushmore, like Shawn Michaels and Undertaker are on that Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Oh, sure, sure. And Undertaker's probably had the benefit of his wife, who's also a wrestler, uh, Michelle McCool. Um, mm-hmm. She is big in her Christian faith, and they got married, and I believe she's rubbed off a lot on the <laughs> Undertaker. But now that the Undertaker's retired and he's willing to do interviews and meet and greets, like he's able mm-hmm. to – speak more openly about his faith and let people into Mark Calloway instead of the undertaker. Um, sure. And sure. Well, and, not, and, and you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and another big one. Um, I'd highly recommend Ted DiBiase senior, the million dollar man. Um, he, he uploaded a sermon on YouTube where he was like a guest speaker. And I highly, highly recommend it. I'm getting to meet him uh, Saturday at WrestleCade. And so I'm super excited, um, but it'll really show you like his journey through his Christian faith. That's that seems really sincere. Oh, that's super, super. Well, well, Mike, uh, I know that you've taken this interest in uh, wrestling uh, and sports entertainment uh, kind of to a to a new level here with your with your um, your journalistic background, and so. So uh, I know you have a, a podcast. So, so tell our listeners a little bit about your uh, your podcast and how to find you. Uh, we'll we'll give you a little promo here. So so go ahead and tell us tell us about your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is named Drop the Mic, 
wrestling podcast, you know, because my name's Mike, so M-I-K-E, and I just got on to Spotify, and I did a few Facebook and Instagram lives. Um, before that, I've dropped a couple episodes, and I drop episodes usually every Friday. If it's not Friday, it's going to be a Saturday, um, because I'm doing... I'm doing this. I'm doing a radio show out in Winston-Salem as a guest. I'm doing camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've loved wrestling for literally my entire life. When I was in Bourne, there was Saturday Night Wrestling on. And <laughs> I, I love going to conventions. I love going to shows. I love watching hours upon hours of wrestling. Um, people call it addiction. I call it just being a fan and being entertained because it is sure. entertainment. And, right, yeah. Right. I talk about um, WWE. I talk about this new wrestling company over the last few years, All Elite Wrestling, AEW. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be just reviewing everything that's happening in the world, probably dive into a few historical things of the past. And so I'm I'm just enjoying life right now, and I'm blessed to, like, be able to talk about wrestling in a podcast where I can control my content, control the narrative, and just let people enjoy <laughs> that's great that's great well mike we we all want to well uh just uh, wish you the best of luck with that podcast and your and and broadcasting and and hope that uh there'll be some things come your way and uh that you'll uh, be able to continue uh, in that uh in that world and um you know someday you might be uh you might be doing the espn broadcast or uh or the voice of uh, one of our favorite teams somewhere where uh, you getting excited about that guy getting the, the ball and, and on a pick six and running into the end zone, you know, and uh, uh, being excited about that. So, so that, that's that's really great. Well, you know, and, and again, uh, I just thank you for your uh, your faith uh, and uh, your interest in that and, and looking into others and and the the witness that they have uh, that they bring forward that they uh, that they present. And, uh, I know that, that my one year, my short summer there, uh, I know that your demeanor and your actions and your love was a great example for kids. And, uh, they, they knew, uh, they knew where you were. They, they, they knew that, that you were a believer and, and you, uh, you brought many kids to me that summer, uh, who, who had, uh, who had professed their faith, uh, during a, a session of camp and, and we would have conversations about that. So, uh, I, uh, I congratulate you on, on the fine example that you are for others and that you'll be able to continue to be, uh, in serving such things as, uh, as a resident camp. So, uh, thank you very much. We enjoyed chatting with you today. All right. Thank you, Gray. Thank you so much for having me on. If you ever want me on again, please just say the word and I'm here. Thank you so much, Mike Davis, and thank you to our listeners for taking the time to be with us today. We mentioned several podcasts on our show today. They were Sports Spectrum with Jason Romano, The Man Up Podcast with Nikita Koloff, and Mike's new podcast, Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast on Spotify. Once again, a special thanks to today's sponsor, Young's Concrete. We do appreciate their generous support of our podcast program. 
Remember, God's love endures forever. Until next time, this is Chaplain Gray.